Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, welcome to our podcast. So glad you've joined us, whether you're viewing it or whether you're listening to us. Uh, we're in our series, The Doctrine of the Bible. And so uh, talking about authority today, uh, I know just as soon as you say that word or even I say that yeah. word, it's like a little bit, you get a little bit of hiccup in my step uh, because some people don't like that. And so my name is Benji Linder. With me as always, Dr. Patrick Latham. So let's talk about authority um, let's talk about how our culture views authority. So we'll talk about biblical authority here in a second. But Patrick, how do you view authority? Or rather, here's the let me say it, ask it properly. How does our culture view authority? Yeah, I think you, I think for the most part, you know, maybe an overgeneralization, but for for the most part, there's kind of a, a negative view on that. You know, authority within the home. You know, I mean, just look at kind of oftentimes in regard to parenting, you know, I just had someone this past week tell me, you know, I don't think it's my job to tell my kids what to do or what to believe. That's their job to figure that out. Okay. So there's the idea there that parents aren't supposed to be authority, an authority. And then you look at, uh, move that to the next level within, um, the workplace, you know, there's this general um, distrust for those in authority. I mean, even watch cultural depictions in, in media. The boss is normally mm-hmm. the dummy, you yeah. know, watch The Office. Okay, so, um, you know, th- there's that concept out there. So um, then you can move even within the church. It's like there's this debate who has authority, Sometimes there's cynicism towards those who may be in positions of leadership. And, of course, there's been abuse there mm-hmm. and misuses of uh, church leadership at times. You look at the national level, you know, and I've heard it. I've, I've read before kind of um, a synopsis of American society since Watergate and how cynical Watergate in Vietnam and how cynical we've been towards our governmental mm-hmm. authorities. Mm-hmm. So you could say... Although there's exceptions to the rule, it seems like it's becoming the rule that there's a suspicion towards authority. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you see? Yes. Uh, Coach middle school football. So right before this, we were talking about you know football, middle school. I see this all the time, uh, lack of authority for any adult figure. Um, I've seen this played out in student ministry uh, so much so it's concerning. Uh, at times, I feel like I have to be a parent. Um, and you know, had that authority, and it's like, man, if kids would just behave, mm-hmm. I would never have to assert authority over a kid and yeah. tell a kid what he or she should not or should be doing. And so, I struggle with that as well. It irritates me. Mm-hmm. Um, it irritates me. Uh, parents who don't take that role mm-hmm. uh, kind of have the, you know, let's just see how they turn out. I don't want to be mean, cruel, or yeah. punish them, or you know, that's not nice. Um, well, um, sorry, Becky, uh, your kid's not nice. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I struggle with, with that idea. Uh, and overall, I see a negative spin on authority. Um, mm. I see people, my generation, generation above me, and definitely the generation behind me, um, looking at authority going, I know they made that rule, 
but I'm going to break it just to see if they enforce it. Mm-hmm. So it's that deal. They're just going to keep pushing boundaries. And I just think that's very unhealthy. Then you add in the Christian faith to all that. And it's concerning of pushing authoritative boundaries mm-hmm. uh, where people have no you know, biblical authority uh, and no practical authority to do that. Yeah, I, th- I think one thing that's important to point out with all that, all good stuff, you know, with that, we could, if we're not careful, like I know I do this, like, hey, there's no authority. People don't like authority. Mm-hmm. And I forget that there's never a vacuum for authority. Mm-hmm. In other words, when it seems that someone's a rejecting authority, they're really what they're doing is just erecting another type of authority. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you see this in scripture, don't you? The book of Judges. Mm-hmm. So instead of following the authority of God, what authority did they follow? Of their own. Yeah. So everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So um, you see it at the crucifixion, Jesus, and the crowd cries out, we have no king but Caesar. Mm -hmm. So they're rejecting Jesus' authority, appealing to another, which they're really, we could debate whether they really viewed Caesar as being their authority either. Mm -hmm. But the point's made that it's important to see what's going on in culture when when one rejects authority, it's really because they're erecting another authority, which is usually themselves. That's right. Filling a void. Yeah. And sometimes there's no void to be filled, but they're going to assert mm-hmm. you know, authority beyond themselves. All right. So great points there. Great discussion. So you made the connection you're teaching between the, um, and what I'm asking you to do here is draw the line between God's authority and the authority that we have in Scripture. You mean God's authority and then Bible authority? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if God has all authority, you taught yeah. that, he, he's in charge of all things, ultimate authority. Now his word, so what's the connection between his word yeah. and the authority that he has? Yeah, so, so it's important, you know, we want to avoid, you know, I can't remember, uh, I think this guy, I can't remember his name, He Reggie McNeil, did you ever read anything mm-hmm, by him? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think he had a book where he talked about, liked a lot of what he said, but I think he talked about, warned about people becoming what he called, I think this was McNeil, but I, he, he warned about people becoming Bibleolaters. How do you say that? Yeah, Bible-o-ters. I think it was Unleashing God's Word was the name of that book. And yeah. so uh, I don't remember. I remember the concept, not the t- yeah. uh, title. So, so he, he had this idea of warning the church of becoming Bibleolaters. I guess that's mm-hmm. what you would call it, like a person who commits idolatry by worshiping the Bible. That's right. So I guess I can see where he's coming from in one way that we don't want to view the Word of God as this cold textbook and we just worship it and we have a religion that's all about precepts instead of about a person. That's right. All about rules and not relationship. At the same time, however, we have to know that the Lord's Word is from Him. It's perfect. Jesus had a high regard for Scripture. He claimed to have all authority. He, he said when he prayed for us that we are sanctified, that is, we are set apart, made more like him. We're made into the image of God through the Lord's word, John 17, 17. So um, we want to avoid kind of that cold mechanical approach to the Bible where we just see it as this kind of legalistic rule book, textbook, and we worship it without ever looking beyond the word to the one who is the word who breathed out the word. Does that make sense? That's right. So, so we've got to be careful there. So, but at the same time, we realize this book we hold in our hands is eternal. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. 
that this is a revelation of who he is, that God spoke by apostles and prophets who were moved by the Holy Spirit, Peter tells us. And so if it is his word and he is a perfect God, his word is perfect. The psalmist says it's like silver tried in a furnace of earth, refined seven times. It's pure. It's perfect. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So because of who God is and because God breathed out Scripture and revealed it to us, the book called the Bible has authority by virtue of the fact that it comes from the authoritative God. But we've got to be careful in looking at it that we look, in a sense, beyond it to the Lord, that we realize there's principles and precepts here and paradigms that come from a person, That's right. the Lord. So sure. does that make sense? It does. It does. And you kind of hit on a little bit, but the next thing I was going to talk about or ask you about is, you know, authority where I mentioned kind of gets a negative rap, uh, but it's actually a very positive thing because without authority, we're back in a book of Judges, and I, mm-hmm. I would rather not be there. And, of course, I know some equate today's mm-hmm. culture to that. But um, authority is actually a very good thing because it sets things in order, so it's a form of even protection for all mm-hmm. and understanding communication. So... Although authority gets a bad rap sometimes, explain to us and maybe expound to us the positive side of Scripture having authority in our lives and how that's good for us. Yeah, our our God's an all-wise God, and He made all things. The nature of the universe, the human eyeball teaches us that the Lord is a Lord of order and design. So He made things to work in a certain way. He made marriage and family he made intimacy between a man and a wife to work a certain way. He made the church to work a certain way. Uh, he made relationships to work. Nature works a certain way. So he is a God of order and of wisdom and, and of logic, mm-hmm. right? So he's created his creative order to function according to certain paradigms, principles, and precepts. So as a result, there is truth. There are realities um, for life that will help us understand how life works best in the Lord's creation. So with that being said, if we want to have you know, joy, peace, contentment, purpose, direction in life, if we want to understand why we're alive, we've got to be in tune with those principles, paradigms, and precepts. So we may think, wow, submitting myself to God, that's horrible being underneath his authority, somebody telling me what to do, that may be bad in a way if the one telling you what to do uh, does not have your best interest in mind. But when it comes to the Lord's authority, he's the all-wise God who loves you. He is love, First John 4, and he's made you for a relationship with himself. And so submitting to his authority is what's best. It, it, it works out. So couple of examples from society. We, we've all seen it before. But I, know, I know you've probably seen this before with, um, with um, what you do in student ministry. I was talking to a, a family just recently, parents, and they were talking about a child who they're having kind of problems with, discipline problems with. And they were nervous to really step up and assert authority and to train and to discipline and to correct. They finally got the wherewithal to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, finally got a backbone, stood up, communicated. Here's what's right. Here's what the expectations are. Here's how it works. 
here's what we expect. If you don't do that, here will be the consequences. Here's why we're telling you this, because in life, life will work best if you know how to show some respect in this area. So they came back to me and said, it was amazing how the child responded. Mm -hmm. It was almost like the child was thankful that we had drawn some boundaries. So, so we've seen, seen that before. We know that in all of life. Mm -hmm. I've seen that. I discipline my child, and it's like they're happy with me. They're like loving, like actually cuddling up and hugging me. It's like here's what you're getting from that child. That child innately, though they're not, they're not able to fully understand it, innately knows that they need guidance, they need leadership, they need authority. They're looking for answers. They don't have life figured out, so they need a parent to give some authority, to, to exhibit some authority. So think about our relationship with the Lord. He's likened our relationship to Him. He told us when we pray to call Him Father in Heaven, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's a great parallel in our relationship with the Lord. It does us good. We will find peace and happiness. We'll be able to cuddle up to our Father in a way and be like, thank you, Dad, for showing me the way. So there should be great joy in submitting to his authority, but people often bristle up at that. That's right. I think so, of, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the renowned atheists. I saw him debate Frank Turek, and Frank Turek kept just dropping solid logic mm -hmm. and questioning, you know, going back to the design argument. And this renowned atheist finally, like, bowed up and said, I don't care what you share with me. I'm not believing in your God because I'm not going to have anybody having authority over my life telling me what to do. And which turret was like, there's a the problem. Bingo. You know, right. There's a problem with atheism. But it's sad. You know, you're setting yourself up as the authority. In reality, there's so much more joy, peace, contentment, knowledge when it comes to recognizing the ultimate authority in life. That's right. I think some people have a bent towards pushing boundaries when it comes yeah, to authority. Um, I know my, I, with my personality, I'm an eight on Enneagram, so I'm a challenger. And so for yeah. me, you know, it's just how I roll. I never do it intentionally. I just, I'm just going to be one that's going to question things and challenge. It's not a negative thing. I think yeah. that's how two people make each other better. Um, and of course there is an unhealthy side that I try to veer away from. Uh, my wife, complete opposite. This is how I describe her. When the teacher goes out of the room, there's going to be one student who stands up and writes names on the board of the other students who misbehave. That was my wife, and I was the one who had the name written on the board every time. And so you know, now look at us. Uh, so opposites attract. Uh, but when it comes to authority within the church and how the church should be using the Bible as the ultimate authority and, and nothing less, not selling out for less, we see an issue with that. We're almost where the Bible um, as being authoritative from cover to cover is no longer uh, popular and even perhaps frowned upon or made excuses for. So why do you see the church, universally speaking here, struggling with this idea of Scripture having authority over all believers, including the church itself? Yeah, you know, there could be a lot of answers to that question. You know, it's really nothing's new under the sun. You see the children of Israel in the Old Testament do it over and over again. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've just been delivered from Egypt, and they're wanting to make a golden idol, a calf to worship. You know, so um, it's... You know, um, it's a, it's an age-old issue and problem. You know, a lot of it comes back to maybe pride, mm -hmm. you know, to submit to the authority of another, 
requires humility. I don't have the answers. I don't have it all figured out. Doesn't stroke the ego. Goes back to um, flesh because the flesh naturally craves some things, wants some things. I mean, I know I struggle with that in my life, you know, with with areas that I don't yield to the spirit like I ought. And if I get down to it, you know, if I get down to the root of that struggle, um, I know God's truth. I know what he said. I know his ways are best, but I just want to indulge or have that attitude or have that thought. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of uh, those reasons. And then also, you know, I'm going through the paradigm in my head right now, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, because those are Satan's tactics sure. uh, throughout the ages. So. Um, then you, you think of the lust of the eye, you know, instead of submitting to God's authority and, um, you know, his timetables for blessing you. So many in our society want what they want and they want it immediately. So they'll get out underneath the authority of God and pursue this crazy, hectic, frantic life tr- trying to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and they're outside the authority of the Lord. I know we, we've talked about this before, you know, even as a pastor, I can struggle with that. Like I, I can look at all the different vocations in life that may seem to gain more applause and more esteem from, from humanity and think, you know what, it, it'd be nice maybe to try this on the side or dabble a little bit here. And I go back to there is a God who's called me right. and no matter what others may think, no matter what earthly accolades may be, he's called me, equipped me, gifted me, placed me here, and I need to rest underneath his authority. I've been, uh, my friend Nick Adams, he talked about how when his life, he kind of got under the out from under the authority of the Lord and started trying to do too much. He said, Lord had to take me to the woodshed. He mm-hmm. said, I've learned that lesson. So mm-hmm. you learn to, to live under his authority and you've got to be on guard. The enemy wants to attract you with pride. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be your authority. You can be in control. Lust of the flesh. God didn't really say that. Enjoy it. Live like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is doing it. It's not going to hurt anything. Lust of the eyes. You can get caught up in the rat race and uh, live this crazy life. Be such a poor steward all because you want to kind of have your best life now mm-hmm. and have the toys and the trinkets. And That's right. So those are some reasons maybe when you get down to it. That's right. And I think ultimately it's the um, pendulum of are we going to be a church that is going to err on the side of popularity yeah, um, or that side of, the, of authority from Scripture because yeah. you can't have both. Yeah, that's right. uh, unfortunately, in our culture, you can't have both, and you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, we're going to be, as, as we are a tabernacle, we're on the side of the Bible is the authority. That yeah. is the authority over our lives because God is the authority over mm-hmm. our lives. Jesus himself in Matthew twenty eight eighteen says all authority has been given to him. So now we fall under that authority. Mm-hmm. And so that's where our faith is. That's where our beliefs are. And that's where our lives should point mm-hmm. is my life. I should live my life where others look at my life and say, his authority is found from God and no one else. Yeah, if you if you aim to love and embrace humility and keep pointing to that authority, um, that goes a long way. I mean, and, and people actually, I think, you know, we're afraid sometimes as a church to point to the authority of the Lord. But, you know, if we do that, it goes a long way. People in time will see if they're honest. They're not speaking of their own authority or speaking of the Lord. This isn't about them. It's about the Lord's word. 
And so I try to go back to that over and over and over again to keep pointing to Scripture, quoting Scripture, showing Scripture, reminding people, hey, we ain't making this up, right? This is in the book. So That's right. That's right. Well, any closing comments? No. Rude remarks? No. It's good to be back with you after a week off. That's right. Took a week off, and we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. We look forward to seeing you next week for another episode. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on Basic Doctrine of the Bible. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.